Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Bob Lodic with me. Bob is the man behind ChristianPF.com. Welcome. And please say your last name if I butcher it. I apologize. <laughs> Oh, thanks for having me, George. It's Lodic, but you were close enough, and uh, so well done. Thank you. Please share with our audience, what is ChristianPF.com all about? Uh, it's this website I started in 2007. Um, it was kind of a combination of a couple things I was excited about at the time, uh, one being personal finance and just kind of getting my own finances in order, getting out of debt. Um, starting to save some money and just being a little bit more wise with my money. And then the other thing I was really excited about was uh, uh, particularly the book of Proverbs, but really the Bible in general, and just realizing how much uh, practical information the Bible actually had and practical wisdom it had about managing our money. Um, Just kind of some timeless truths that seem to be, um, you know, forgotten. And uh, so I just want to shed some light on some of that and and so anyway, so that was how Christian PF was born. And so we look at personal finance from a Christian perspective. So back back then when you started in 2007, was this a hobby or a business or what what were your goals back then? Well, definitely started as a hobby and, you know, like I don't know at the time. I don't know what I don't know what most people's expectations were at the time when they started a blog or back in 2007. I know for me like I had heard of a couple people making a full-time income from blogging and I had heard of, you know, so I knew there was a way to make a little bit of money with it. And I knew like, you know, maybe one in a million chance you could kind of make a full-time living at it. Um, you know, so somewhere in the back of my brain, I was maybe hoping I could do this full-time, but, but really it was just, maybe I'll make some extra side income from this. But even if I don't, it, I mean, I guess what I'm saying here, it was a hobby. And if, if I could make a little bit of money from it, I would have been happy and, you know, making a full-time living would have been a dream come true. And um, that's why, you know, I just feel so blessed and lucky to be living my dream come true, you know. You know, it's so funny because I hear this so often, you know, especially from people that have been doing this for a long time. I mean, you, you go back to 2007, but I interviewed some people that go back to 2003, yeah. um, which is ancient history in yeah. Internet years. Yeah. And, you know, this hobby and not wanting to make a living with their blog is is a, is a reoccurring theme for me. Mm. Um were you just interested in sharing your your knowledge or expertise, or did you just need an outlet to to journal what you're doing in your own life? I think it was maybe a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I can't remember exactly what was going through my head at that time, but I, I do know I was excited about both these topics, and I did just want to talk about it with people, and I didn't have enough people in my personal life to have conversations with and you know so I think that's what brought me online and and just knowing that I could write something and it could help someone else Um, and so I think that was just kind of the main motivation um, just talking about it so so to answer your question it's kind of both of them rolled up into one you know okay now so it's, it, you started this out on the side in, in 07 what were you doing what was your day job back then uh, I was working at a brokerage firm. Um, I spent a couple years in banking, and then I moved over to a brokerage firm and worked in a variety of different departments. I worked with uh, 
um, municipal bonds on our bond floor. I worked with annuities. I worked on a money market fund and a trust company. So I did a variety of different things in the brokerage firm, um, and that was my day job at the time. And so they were somewhat related, but um, but just you know just a little bit related. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's talk about maybe the first the first one year uh, to start with with uh, Christian PF, and uh, I actually read your your site where you said you know a lot of people don't know what PF is so it's personal finance right <laughs> yeah if, if, exactly and and you know it makes sense once you read it uh, but to be honest the first time I looked at your domain I I wasn't sure exactly either so I'm glad yeah. you had that post on your site yeah uh, but regardless. Uh, you managed to build a, a successful uh, site, and what I'm interested in is mostly right now is the first one year because a lot of people quit before they reach that first 12 month uh, milestone. So, what were some of the the feedback that you received, or what were the signs that kind of said to you that you know, hey, you're on the right track, keep going with this? Um, I love watching seeds grow. And so I, I love taking something small and just seeing a minuscule amount of progress. And and it just, it motivates me. It gets me inspired. It's like, I, I'm not somebody who has to see a big, huge result instantly, but I, I am somebody who needs to see small amounts of progress and, and I can wait and I can be patient. And I think that's such an important part of particularly building a business through a blog because it takes a stinking long time. And so, and so for me, that was something that really helped me. And that whole first year was all foundational. It's like I, the whole first year, I, uh, the first six months, I think I made a hundred dollars total on the site in the first year. I don't know, maybe a thousand, but I mean, let's, let's go back. What is a minuscule amount of progress for you? Because I think even that, if you could give us a couple of examples of what was that, those small steps or st- small yeah. moves forward. Well, yeah, I mean, in my case, I still remember the first click I got on AdSense, and I was really, really excited. And I just figured, and I so I made seven cents that first click. And I remember calling my wife over, and we were looking at it, staring at the screen. We just made seven cents. Somebody clicked on it, and we made seven cents. I was really excited about that. And I have, and I just figured that was normal because I could see that that click that if I keep working at this, it'll turn into 10 clicks and that'll turn into 100 clicks and that'll turn into 1,000 clicks or whatever. Um, but I've, I've, you know, I've coached a lot of bloggers over the years and I can't tell you how many I've had who they just view that as insignificant. They see it as only seven cents. I don't care about seven cents. I want to make $700 a month right now or I want to replace my day job right now. And, and that is the fundamental problem that I see with so many bloggers is that they don't have that patience or... Um, just kind of that long range view to be able to tell that this seven cents is a really big deal because it's going to turn into these other things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. And and I can see how even seven cents could be exciting, you know, going from nothing, especially when you start out as a as a hobby. What I see a lot of times is people compare themselves to someone like you. Let's say I start blogging today, mm-hmm. and then I look on your website, and you said you have 50,000 people on your email list, right? Mm-hmm. And I say to myself, I'm the biggest loser in the world, right? Because I have <laughs> 10, you know? Instead of saying, you know what? Um, Bob started in 2007 as a hobby, and he loved it, and he made small steps forward, a little bit of you know seven cents at a time or whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah. And and he built this community. So, 
Why do you think we have problem with that? Why do you think we have problem just looking within instead of comparing ourselves? I don't know, but I mean, the thing about it is it never goes away. I mean, I still have to fight that. I mean, I, I'm assuming everybody does. You know, I, I mean, it's just the nature of, I guess, being a human being, and especially now on the internet where we can see everything and we can see everything that everyone's doing and all their successes. And, um, and so, I mean, I deal with exactly the same thing. I have to consciously not get caught up in comparing myself with others and focus on my game, focus on my thing. And keep doing the things that I need to do instead of getting caught up comparing myself or seeing where I'm lacking and how I'm not doing as well at this and this as these other guys are. So today, we're, it's 2014. What is it, eight years since you started approximately? Um, how many visitors do you have to your website uh, today? Uh, uh, let's say on a monthly basis. On a monthly basis, um, I think we are at probably, I want to say it's like 250000 a month right now. Wow. Um, and can you give us an idea of, of, of the progression to getting to this point? Like, let's say the first year. What, what was the highest number of visitors that you received like, in a month or, or, or in a day? Uh, the first year, I mean, I don't think... The first year, I'll bet maybe at the end of the year we were getting maybe a maybe a thousand a month, um, but uh, I don't I don't have the exact. Uh, and did that bother you back then, or what, what no. were you thinking about that? No, number? I mean, because no. like I was talking about before, it's like I was I just wanted to see forward progress, and so if I could see each month things were growing, that was all I cared about. You know, so what what made it difficult for me was when if I had a month where that it went backwards, like that was what really concerned me and what made me um, nervous or whatever else. Um, but as long as each month things were getting bigger, I was thrilled to death. And um, and you know, in most of my journey, that's how it was going uh, for those first few years. It was you know each month things seemed to get bigger, and then now I'm looking more at a year by year picture um because each month now is there's too much there's too many uh, variables in the equation you know so so things are fluctuating up and down each month but as a year over year that's what i'm looking for i want to see things growing still um but but anyway that was what really uh kept me motivated was just seeing that growth and so it didn't really matter to me anyway how many there were it was just that there were more than the previous month so if somebody starts today, you mentioned you mentioned that you have coached many uh, bloggers. Mm -hmm. If somebody starts today, what would you tell them to pay attention to for the next six to twelve months? Uh, some important metrics. Um, I think the most important thing at the beginning is just to start getting traffic, um, doing everything you can do to get traffic, and then convert that traffic into sub subscriber of some sort. So getting them on your email list which I think is the best idea, um, or getting them to become a Facebook fan or, or whatever social media that you're using. Get them to connect with you and lock in with you. You don't want them to come to the site, you know, see something, and then leave, and then you know, have to work to get them back again. And once you connect so, with them, you don't have to do that. So anyway, so, sorry, that was kind of a roundabout. No, no, that makes sense because I'm glad you brought up traffic. Um, how do we get traffic? It's almost like the chicken or the egg. You know, build a list. Everybody says build an email list, and then people say build traffic. Well, how do you get emails without traffic, and how do you get traffic without emails? Uh, what do you think works today in, in 2014? 
Well, um, I'm still a big proponent of guest posting. Um, it is, I mean, a lot has changed over the last few years uh, with guest posting because a few years ago it was uh, a less common approach and now a lot of people are doing it and some people are abusing it. Um, but I still think it's one of the best ways to grow an audience quickly. Um, and the key being to write absolutely phenomenal content and then write it for the biggest audiences that you can possibly find. And this takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work tracking down um, and, and not only tracking down, but getting connected with um, bloggers who have big audiences and then convincing them that you can write something so incredibly valuable for their readers um, that they would just be silly not to, to use it as a guest post. Um, but if you do that, I mean, you can really grow your site quickly. You know, I mean, if you can get in front of a newsletter audience of 50, 100,000 people and it writes something really incredible and then also that's tied and relevant to your website, it's like you can start getting uh, traffic and getting new subscribers very, very quickly like that. So... How do I if I'm I'm I just started out now let's say today and I have some good content how do I reach out to people you know I'm not saying you know maybe somebody that has like million visitors a day but somebody that has you know respectable yeah. Alex ranking and all that where you know people you know they have some some visitors how do I reach out to them and and you know do I already have something written or you know what 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 advice do you have for audience um, I think and I'll just answer based on what works for me or you know being on the other side of the coin I mean I I get people pitching me stuff all the time I mean it's just part of the process I get a lot of email now and a lot of people, you know, pitch stuff and have products or, or want to do this or that or want me to do this or that. And the, the best way is to connect with me and get to know me. And um, and I just I'm just so much more responsive to that. And I think that I don't think I'm alone in that. I think that's how most people function. It's just I think you have much better success asking a girl out on a date once you've gotten to know her a little bit and you've made some jokes and all this, rather than just walking up to a random woman and saying, hey, can I have your number? Um, so I, I think it's the same type of thing where you just have to work on that relationship and take the time necessary to develop the relationship um, and give, you know, before you're trying to receive. And, you know, and when you do those things together, I, I think it just yields a much better result and opens up more doors and opportunities. Um, so that's kind of the general overview. I mean, as far as practical steps with this, I think it's just going where um, the people are going and, and communicating with them in the areas that they are. So if they're on Twitter all the time, you know, um, you know, go there and, you know, and uh, retweet their stuff and, uh, and direct message them and whatever. And just say, hey, I just read this. I thought it was really helpful. I mean, and obviously this isn't to manipulate them, but it's to just genuinely connect with them, you know? And so if they're, they're making a joke on Twitter, I mean, respond and play along and just get to develop that relationship. And if it's email, then do it via email or if it's on Facebook or whatever. Uh, but just try to connect with them on a human level and get to know them. And I, I think that's the best way to kind of lay that foundational groundwork. 
How many of these do you think is manageable for somebody? Because, I mean, you know, you, you, don't, you can not have 10 hours a day to do this. So what do you say is uh, should you try to do this with 10 other bloggers or 100? Or what do you think is a reasonable and, and doable number? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, t- that's a tough question to answer. I, I, it's like, how, depends, how long is a piece of string kind of question? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I just want people to feel like, well, this is doable. Like, uh, yeah. or, you know what, I, I, there's no way I could stay in touch uh, honestly with this many people, you know? Well, yeah. uh, and I, I would start with one. I mean, start with one blogger. I mean, look in your niche, see who some of the big players are or see, you know, and the other thing is you can go to Google and, and do a, a search on their site and find out if they accept guest posts. I mean, that's a, that's a good starting point. Um, and that'll at least give you an idea, because some bloggers don't accept them. And so that's, that gives you a good idea of maybe who you want to target. And then just spending a little time, you know, and just start with one, and, and then see how that goes, and, you know, and get those results for yourself. Do a guest post with them. Like, get that big victory of getting the guest post with them. And then... You know, see whatever, how much traffic you got from it or or how many uh, new subscribers you got. And then use that as motivation to fuel you for the next one and say, okay, well, I did get a big benefit from this. So it's worth doing this additional work uh, to do this again or to do it for five more or whatever else. Well, that sounds doable, you know, starting yeah. with one. And I, I don't think that should be overwhelming for anybody. So, yeah, that makes sense. You know, one, one is a good start. Let's talk about... Um, at what point uh, did you feel that ChristianPF.com was potentially a business? Um, you know, you mentioned that early on your first uh, click was seven cents, uh-huh. but I'm sure at some point you started to generate enough revenue to think to yourself that maybe, maybe there is going to be a business. Maybe this is more than a hobby. Yeah. What, when did that happen, and how did that happen? Well, my story is kind of unique. I did something which I absolutely do not recommend, but. Um, so I got laid off uh, just about at my one-year mark, and at that time I was making not very much. I want to say maybe $100, $200 a month from the website, um, and I took my severance package, threw it in the savings account, and tried to do it full-time. And so at that point, I was forced to think of it as a business because my back was up against the wall. I had a set amount of time. I basically probably had about six, nine months living expenses if we were living very frugally um, to bring this up to um, my old day job income. And uh, so that's when I viewed this as a business. And um, and thankfully, within nine months, we went from there in another nine months, I was up to where my day job income was. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty... Yeah, I don't recommend that at all, but that was kind of my path and what happened for us. So roughly by 2009, at some mm-hmm. point in 2009, uh, your your income replaced your, your day job income yep. pretty much? Yep. Okay. And uh, how, how do you generate revenue today and how did it change over years in terms of revenue generation for your, for your business and your site? Uh, for me, I, I started... You know, almost exclusively using AdSense because it's just the easiest thing, easiest way to get in the game. And um, so that was the primary source of my revenue for really the first couple few years. And then as the traffic grew, I got I joined up with some CPM ad networks, um, which don't really make sense at the beginning if you're just getting a few thousand uh, visitors because it's just not 
you don't make a whole lot um, for such a small amount of uh, traffic. But so I've gotten more into the CPM networks, and then also at this point, I'm doing a bit more affiliate av- or uh, affiliate marketing and stuff like that. Um, so I have some different articles that we're generating some uh, affiliate leads from, and uh, and so those are the three primary revenue streams at this point. Okay, and would you recommend for somebody to start out still to try AdSense, or do you think uh, it's no longer a viable option? Uh, I think it depends on the niche. Certain uh, niches uh, do a lot better with AdSense than others, um, but I, I still really like AdSense because it is so stinking easy. It's like you just put the code on your site and it's there, um, you know. And I talk about in the book that uh, you know the importance of placement, uh, ad placement, and things like that, and that's that's really really important. Uh, I think I tripled my earnings by moving an ad from one location to another on the page. So. So it's really, really important where you put the ads, but um, but AdSense I still really like, and I, I use it on all my sites. I think every single site is AdSense. Okay. So. so let me put you on the spot uh, real quickly. <laughs> what is a really good spot to put an ad on on, on a blog? Uh, my, uh, my favorite spot, my best performing spot on all of my blogs is directly below the title, the post title. Um, so in the middle of the content, right below the post title, um, and so I like to use a, a custom-sized ad right there to make it a little bit less obvious that it's AdSense because it's shaped a little bit differently. But, um, but yeah, that's my favorite spot, my best-performing spot. Great. Uh, tell me, how do you, you – you mentioned you have about 250,000 visitors uh, plus minus a month. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you market your website? What do you have to do today – to grow your 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 visitors. Well, yeah, I mean that's something I you know that's a never-ending challenge. I mean that's something you know every day I'm stink I'm thinking about that and I'm trying new things. I I've been spending a lot of the last six nine months I've been spending a lot of energy on Facebook, growing our Facebook audience. Um, you know, trying to generate traffic from that. I'm spending a lot of energy on Pinterest right now, um, trying to generate traffic from Pinterest. Um, we historically have done very well uh, through Google. Um, you know, over the last year, our traffic from Google has declined a bit. So, um, so anyway, so we're still focusing the energy on trying to get search traffic as well from Google and the other sites or the other search engines. But, um, but I, I'm more aware of the importance of diversifying um, your traffic sources and just not putting your all your eggs in one basket, particularly the Google basket. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hear from it's quite a lot from bloggers, maybe about 20% of their traffic anymore comes from search engines where it used to be my 100%, yeah. you know, maybe uh, in 2007 and, and before even. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting how that, that is changing. Yeah, for sure. So in terms of um, promoting your website, okay, you mentioned Facebook, Pinterest, Google. But what do you what do you what else do you do? I mean, do you do content marketing? Uh, what are some of the strategies that you that you do uh, to market your site? Well, um, this is another one of the things where it depends a little bit. I mean, the things I'm doing now are different than I did back then, and even if I were starting now, I would be doing different things because I'm at a different size. I mean, right now we have 54,000 email subscribers, so I can send out a post. 
and they're going to share it on Facebook for me, and they're going to do a lot of things. You know what I mean? So it's some of the things that I'm doing now are different than what a beginner or even intermediate blogger needs to do. Um, you know, so for me right now, I'm focusing on creating just a lot of really helpful content that people can't help but want to share. And because uh, I feel like more and more, I mean, like you mentioned about Google and how things have shifted, um, we're moving into an era where the so I mean, you know, and we've seen this coming, but the social element is becoming so incredibly important and uh, things are moving virally you know, just at a crazy pace and, um, and, you know, and being able to systematize a little bit of that, uh, is becoming more and more important, I think. So I'm focusing a lot of my energy on that these days. So, um, you mentioned that you have 54,000 plus email subscribers today. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to build that list? Um, I mean, were you building your list since day one back in 2007? No, or? you know, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I didn't even think much about an email list, really, for the first few years. Uh, sadly, I wish I would have focused on it a little bit earlier. But um, probably about three or four years ago, I got serious about it. It just, I had a conversation with a guy at a conference, and it just kind of hit me. And um I just had this revelation. It's like, wow, I have all these people coming to my site. They're looking for an answer to their problem, you know, the ones who are coming from Google or whatever, or a lot of referral traffic, same way. And, you know, my my website is providing that answer, and then they're, they got their answer, and they're leaving, and they're gone. And it's like, and I'm not doing a good job of trying to capture them and stay connected with them. And once they're on my email list, I now can email them and stay connected with them, you know, as long as they're on it. And... It just made me realize I really got to get focused on this. And at that point, which I don't remember exactly, probably three or four years ago, I started making a much more aggressive push to build my email list. Um, and just by you know my homepage, I had a big box trying to recruit people to sign up for the email list. I uh, put some at the end of the post. Uh, I've done a variety of different things to, to get more and more people to sign up. But, but really, it's been the last probably three or four years. Okay. Okay. Now, I found several of your books on uh, Amazon, your book, How to Make uh, Money Blogging, How I Replace My Day Job with My Blog. It has 237 reviews, and it has, it's very highly uh, uh, reviewed, so, you know, great reviews. Tell me, how did writing this book help your business? Uh, it has connected me with a lot more – it connected me with a different audience, um, because the most of these people are finding it from Amazon. It's ranking pretty well on Amazon right now, um, and it has been for a while. And so a lot of these people who are searching through Amazon are just different. They're just a different crowd than who would have found me otherwise. And and I am moving into books. I've been writing a few more. I just finished a new one. And, um, and so this is kind of a new uh, diversification, if you will, that I'm I'm just kind of spreading out into another thing, and I really enjoy it. But um, so anyway, so writing that book ultimately it helped my business because it made me realize a that I could do it, and b that um, people actually liked what I wrote. I mean, at least in that book, it you know it has very good reviews in a lot of them, and. Uh, so that, you know, that encouraged me to keep going. And as a result, I've been 
you know, slowly building my uh, book revenues. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I interviewed uh, uh, Steve Scott. I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not sure if, and he wrote about 41 or so books. And I asked him about what's really really important, and he said to have his email list to to market market yeah. his books. And I mean, with the the size of email list uh, that you have, I think. I was surprised, to be honest, I was surprised to see only, I saw some other books, but really this is the one that has so many great reviews, yeah. and I was surprised to see only one book on and, and this, this topic. I thought you would have like maybe 20 books already on this. So. Well, the new one's on that topic. The new one is the long-awaited follow-up. So, Yeah, I'm sure it's going to do well. I'm sure it's going to do well. Um, you have your uh, own author page on the Huffington Post. Uh-huh. Tell, tell our audience what it took you to get there. I mean, it's obvious it's an A-list uh, on, online publication. And um, what did it take you to, 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 get, to, to, to get that opportunity? Well, I'll tell you what. It actually – the funny thing about all this is, I mean, going back to the original thing, what we were talking about with guest posting, is it, it, it comes down to connecting with other people and – you know, so in my case, I've been doing this for years. The personal finance blogger community is a great community, um, and I've connected with a lot of these guys over the years, and we've gotten to know them. And so that turned into so a lot of these guys who I did guest post with, um, you know, turned into a relationship where we had a friendship, and and that led into you know just kind of emailing once in a while and then that led into me joining a mastermind group with a lot of these guys and then that led to somebody saying hey um the huff post is looking for you know some specific writers about these topics who are really good if you're interested you know you can check it out so so anyway so that was how the door opened up so my point here is that it all comes back to the connections and so it was kind of a seemingly um I don't know, just not real exciting uh, intro to the Huffington Post, but it came as a result of making those connections, uh, many of which were started by guest posting. So, okay, yeah, and networking is also something that comes up over and over again. Yeah. Is 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 uh, even though with all this technology that we have, uh, you know, there's no substitute for knowing people and and exactly. building real relationships with people. Yeah. Now, how did that impact your business in terms of traffic and visibility? Did it have a substantial impact or? Um, no, I mean, it, yeah, the Huffington Post is kind of. At least in my experience so far, I've written five articles for them. Um, I mean, in my experience so far, it's not anything to be <laughs> too excited about. Um, you know, it's definitely opened me up to to some new audiences, in which I'm excited and thankful for. But I mean, total traffic coming, it's nothing too exciting. And I, and I think it depends um, how and where the article is promoted. You know, so one of the articles got heavily promoted and it did send a whole lot of traffic. But, you know, the other ones, if they didn't make, I don't know if it's if they don't make the front page or or how it works. But I, I think it is very much a hit or miss type of thing where if you write okay. the t right type of article, um, it can send a lot of traffic. But if you don't, it's nothing too exciting. You know, I mean, so far since you started in 2007, it sounds everything went really well. But I'm sure there are there were some challenges. I'm sure there are challenges now. 
how do you deal with the, the the kind of a roller coaster ride of being an entrepreneur? <laughs> is it is it does it get easier or it doesn't affect you or can you talk about that? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you're right. It's definitely a roller coaster ride. Um, you know, and and I think one of the uh, interesting things for me, or one of the challenging things for me, is I was on an uphill ride with the roller coaster for so long that once it even took a little dip, it was it's just tough to handle emotionally. Um, you know, when you're used to going up, 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 up for years and years, and then you see a little bit of a dip, it's it messes with you. But, um, but yeah, it, it is. It's just something that you have to realize there are ups and downs. There are business uh, life cycles that things move through um, and today at a phenomenally quick pace and you have to be able to adapt and you have to know when things aren't working and um, and be ready to shift and make adjustments and, and these are all things that I am like actively thinking about and working on now um, you know just because I don't want to be caught uh, you know trying to run a business in 2014 with the techniques of 2007 and it's really so what was a shift that you had to make let's say this year or maybe in the last six months or last year even that was that was a major shift that was kind of unexpected well i mean for me it was i mean my bread and butter was seo so that was all i focused on for years and and that was that was it and i didn't care about anything else because i was getting so much traffic from google I just didn't care. And then once Google made some changes and tweaked things, it's it suddenly became I, I became aware that I can't completely depend on Google and I have to find other ways to get traffic. Um, you know, and so that's been a couple year process where I've just kind of trying been trying to diversify. And, you know, I'm still very thankful for the amount of Google traffic that we get. But um, but that, you know, that was a big shift for us where I had to realize, all right, we need to find new ways to get a traffic. Um, the things I was doing before, while they're still working a little bit, aren't working to the degree that they were. Um, and I mean, I, I became aware just of how much traffic social media can send when you are doing things right. Um, and so, and so that's my new thing that I, I'm working on more actively now and trying to learn. Okay. Now, if if somebody if somebody came to you, let's say in your family or maybe um, in one of your friends that saw your success in business, and they had a job today and say, you know, I'd like I'd like to be a successful entrepreneur. What would be the first thing that you would teach that person? Um, are they wanting to do? Are they wanting to build a blog? Or are they any old business? It doesn't matter. They basically. Because I mean, in a sense, it's a blog, but it's a business, right? Yeah. So, what what is it? What does it take? What does it take, uh, you know, to to succeed, or or even just to have any kind, any level of success? Uh, yeah, I mean, as an entrepreneur, I mean, there's a few things that I feel like I've learned uh, that just really seem to be important. I mean, the persistence aspect of it is just incredibly important. You have to be able to fight through the emotional ups and downs. You have to be able to fight through when you feel like giving up and quitting. I mean, because everybody feels like that. Everybody has moments where it's not going good. I mean, you know, the the whole overnight success thing, it's like we see glimpses of that and then we begin to think that's normal. And if that's not happening for us, then we're failing. And the reality is that's just not how it works most of the time. Most people, most successes in business, 
uh, and really in most areas of life, is just a long, steady process um, of slow growth. And, and so anyway, so I just think that's incredibly important uh, to success as an entrepreneur. Um, but also the ability to um, to learn quickly, learn from your mistakes, um, find answers that you need quickly to problems, not let them just linger and linger and linger. Uh, you know, that's something that I see hangs up a lot of um, entrepreneurs that I come across. They'll find one little problem and it'll just derail them completely. And and it may be something that they could find somebody on Fiverr to fix for five dollars, or you know, or something that they could spend ten minutes on Google and find a solution to. And, and but it's such a it seems like a really big problem, but but it causes them to derail. So just that I don't know that kind of tenacity to learn is really really important as well. Sounds good, Bob. Well, I want to thank you for coming online today and and sharing your story. Yeah, how can pleasure. people how can people connect with you? Um, well, my website's Christian PF. You can go out there and check everything out. Um, as far as the the new book that I mentioned that just came out, it's called Pro Blogging Secrets, and it is over at Amazon as well. So, Pro Blogging Secrets and ChristianPF.com. So everyone, yep. check it out. And Bob, thank you, and I hope you have much success in the next uh, eight years yeah. <laughs> going forward. I appreciate it, George. Thank you. Thank you.